This podcast is part of the Bombpod Media Network. just in, an Ohio college student has pleaded guilty to stabbing his roommate to death after they argued over fast food. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. What, were they arguing over how awesome McDonald's is? No, no, it's, it says Burger King's the best, though. Why, because they give you a paper crown that costs like five cents? I like McDonald's. I'm not really a seagull or a pelican. You know, one time I couldn't get into my house and I used a couple of Burger King french fries to break through my window. Say, say that louder again? You heard me. What, what are we doing? What Are we fighting with fast food, Josh? Who are we? We're the two worst dudes. I'm Steve Kudanis. I'm Joshua Pluff, and what do we do? We discuss the news. We give people, you know, weekly true crime news. Yes, every every week? Definitely. Maybe stuff you've heard of, stuff you haven't heard of. We try to go all over the world for our stories. We're just regular people. Oh, of course. We're not comedians. We're just regular nine-to-fivers. And where are we right now? Wait, we're on one of the best podcasts out. Because right now these people are listening to the Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast. That's kind of like peanut butter and jelly. Of course, they go together great. Or, um... Bagels and... Cream cheese, of course. And veggie. Oh, you, you could do the veggie cream cheese? Yeah, veggie. Now, you know, speaking of Hillbilly Horror Stories, my favorite episode, episode 25, when it discuss about the Freemasons, Josh. Free the Masons! The Freemasons. Who are they? What do they do? You tell me. Are they a cult? I don't know. You tell me. I can't tell you, but you know who can? Who? Jerry and Tracy Polly. They, they, they have the answers? Of course they do. So listen to them, as you are right now, because they're amazing. And again, we are the two worst dudes. Discuss the news. Come find us on iTunes. All right.
right, welcome everybody to episode 68 of Hillbilly Horror Stories, and please welcome back my voice, who's been on about a three-week vacation. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> and of course, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Tracy. Thank you, honey bunny. What's up, peeps? We have three unique stories. Here's here's the situation. We um, did a couple stories last week, and then we had an interview that we've gotten great response on, on, on uh uh, Brian's story that we did that he came on and told him people have been overwhelmed by some of the stuff that he said so uh, thank you and I know he thanks you for all the outpouring of support uh, that you guys gave and but the, the two stories that we did we did heck some heads uh, and then we did another story that was you know about you know 911 mm-hmm. uh, calls but they were stories that you guys weren't really familiar with some people had heard of the hexam heads nobody had heard of the other one we got a really good response that you guys like that you like the idea of, of hearing something that you didn't know anything about yeah um, i was too it was really good stuff so i thought what we would do is this week i've got three stories for you and i would be willing to bet that most of you don't know uh, a big chunk about these stories so if you liked last week's show i think you're really gonna like this week's show as well good so that's what we got at the end of the show i've got like a little six minute fun thing that we did uh i won't spoil it for you but it's not really paranormal it's just supposed to be funny uh, but we'll stick it at the end of the show and hopefully you like it. if you like it maybe we'll do some more of it in the future okay okay so there we go so obviously first and foremost thanks to all of our military and civil servants and first responders when i say civil servants i do mean first responders as well i don't want ever want first responders to think that we're leaving them out because that's i, I consider all that in one line. Oh, yeah, of course. And I know a lot of you guys aren't home for, with your families for the holidays, but um, we appreciate everything you do for us, keeping us safe, and just know we love you guys. Okay. Biggest shout-out of the week goes to Zachary Hawkins. Do you know why? I do know why. Toot, toot. Zachary Hawkins bought the first Hillbilly Horror Stories shower curtain. All right, Zachary. <laughs> he also bought a shirt, so. but that, no, I wouldn't, thank you so I much, wouldn't, huh? I wasn't as excited about the shirt. <laughs> But, I know you've been preaching about the shower curtain for a while. Zachary, Zachary said that he wanted to be the very first, and he was the very first. Very cool. I and hope it, you love it. I actually had somebody else today write me and, and say that uh, they wanted to get one, too. Oh, very good. But um, he was trying to figure out how to tell his wife Oh, <laughs> and, and convince her that it was a good idea. And I'm like, look, dude, I, I don't know. what to, I can't convince my wife to let us have one in our own house so <laughs> i can't blame somebody if they don't uh, want, I, want a hillbilly horror it. story maybe he's got like a spare spare bath he could put one in or but something or another bath. zach said that he thought it was a uh, uh it would be a good conversation starter oh good so but i don't know how many people he's taken into his bathroom to start conversations <laughs> but well everybody's gotta go take a poo so <laughs> right <laughs> absolutely good well thank you hon for doing that we appreciate you so while we're on the subject of talking about the store and buying uh, Christmas gifts, which, once again, nothing says Christmas like a hillbilly horror story shower curtain. But uh, right now they are offering free shipping for a while if on orders of over $45. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is like Zach, for example, he got free shipping on his, which that Good. would have probably been about 8 or 10 bucks that he saved off of it. Um, so check out our store, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. That's where you can find our Patreon page and our store. And I wanted to bring up, we bought... Because I, I want to see what kind of quality you guys are getting. And I want to speak to a couple of people uh, who've gotten shirts. And if, and I hope, because uh, let me start over because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm clear on what I'm trying to say. We were using a uh, T-shirt company 
for the longest time. And I bought a lot of T-shirts from them and was very happy with the quality. But there's two different ways you can order from this place. And you can order the ink printed or you can order the, uh, the, the transfer, the heat transfers. But the heat transfers, I found out through one of them that I got, they're not exactly the same depending on the type of shirt that you get. And um, I've been very happy. We, we've ordered way over 100 shirts from this place. Mm-hmm. I've been very happy with what we got. But I got one, and it kind of felt plasticky <laughs> on the outside. I, I mean, I don't know how you, Here's the best way to explain it. This way I explained it when I called to complain. You can, you know how when you got the Band-Aids, like you, you can go out and get the Band-Aids that have the stretchy fabric that are real nice. Mm-hmm. And then you got the cheap plastic Band-Aids. Yeah. That's what it felt like. That plastic on it, that's what it felt like was on the shirt. And I feel like that maybe some of you guys ordered a shirt that might have came like that and if it did i completely apologize because i never would have sent those out when i got this shirt i was like i wouldn't give this away to somebody no it was terrible and but we've switched since um or let me reassure that we've since switched (laughs) (laughs) my dyslexic's kicking in but we've since switched to a new company so that's not going to be a problem uh because i order stuff to test these things out and i just didn't realize so if you bought a t-shirt and you were unhappy with the quality, please write us, and I'll do what I can to make it right. Of course, yeah. We don't want you wearing some weird... Well, we want you to wear it. And, no, and, we and want this, you to wear it, and this we don't shirt, want to be And this shirt, I wouldn't have worn because it would have been uncomfortable, Yeah, I think. exactly. It would have been uncomfortable. So there's a couple, you know, a couple of you out there. Now, we didn't send a whole lot of these out. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. But I did look back through some of the orders, and there are a couple that I think uh, may have gotten them. Uh, Tyler Acox, uh, you were you were one that I almost positive I think got one, and uh, you're you've been a six month Patreon supporter. And when you're a Patreon supporter for six months on the ten dollar level, you get a free shirt. And I sent Tyler one of these. So Tyler, if you got that shirt and you were unhappy with it, let me know. I'll send you another one out. Yeah, and uh, I want you to be happy with what you got. And I had no idea the quality would be that. So yeah, but most people I think did get the right shirts. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that we want we want our fans and listeners. If you're going to spend your money on on uh, merchandise for the show, we want you to know we want you to have the best quality possible. Oh, definitely. We don't want you wearing no crap. So now we got the new place. The new store is a whole different company, and we ordered. Uh, uh, after all this happened, I ordered some stuff because I wanted to see what the quality was, mm-hmm. and we got in an orange shirt. It's the orange shirt with the green logo, and these things are the, are the uh, least expensive shirts on there. I think they're only like fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got these shirts in, and I'm wearing it now. I yeah, thought it was it looks awesome. Really good. It's probably my favorite shirt. Yeah, he got a lot of compliments on that shirt yeah, today we, too. We wore it out, and people were complimenting us. They have no clue about the show. They just like the shirt. So it's one that uh, check it out. It's under the classic tees, and it's the orange with the green logo. Yeah, please, please, please let us know if you're not happy with that shirt because. Yeah, that's not, yeah, how, this, we, that's this, not how we roll. This so. new company, you're not gonna have any issues. Yeah, with. I can promise it's you. Really, these, really these are nice. these are nice. So, but I wanted to point that out, and it is Christmas time, so if you're going to get some gifts, uh, these things usually ship uh, from the day you order it. You usually have it about a week later. Mm-hmm. So That's you not got too plenty, bad. No, you got plenty of time, and we've got everything from mugs to, to uh, like I said, several different types of women's shirts, several different types of men's shirts, baseball shirts. You name it, we got it on there, and uh, I think you guys will be happy with it. So I wanted to bring that up real quick. We are happy to have back with us our buddies from uh, Susu Studio Headphones from out of Sweden. Uh, they've got some new lines of headphones out, a bunch of different colors and stuff like that. You guys remember they uh, uh, had the, uh, they're all the wireless Bluetooth headphones, mm-hmm. fantastic quality. And all you got to do is go to the website, uh, studio, Sweden, 
studiosweden.com. Actually, Google it because I think there's a dash, a hyphen in there under between Studio Sweden. But just look up uh, Studio Headphones. You'll see it on there. And uh, use the the, uh, the code HILLBILLY15, and you get a 15% discount. Mm-hmm. They're so, nice. I really enjoy them. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, we're going to be giving some of these out for Christmas gifts, I'm sure, so you guys can do the same. They were so happy with the response from you guys before they came back to us and said, hey, uh, we would love to have you guys do some more ads for us. Well, so thank, thank you guys for ordering them. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, real quick, let's, let's breeze through here. The uh, new iTunes reviews, you guys are so great to us. Very um, sweet. Yeah, to get eleven, twelve. I mean, there, I, I've seen shows that have been around for a year that don't have twenty iTunes reviews, and you guys give us anywhere from twelve to twenty almost every single week. I know, and we, we so, greatly. Yeah, we feel really blessed for that. Thank yeah, you that so helps, much. That helps us out so much. Like I said, it's always the cheapest way you can support the show. So let's jump into who we got. We got Kaylee from Amarillo. Ah, love you, Kaylee. We've got Sylvia and Mark, Bob, Ian. Stacy Schmidt. I don't know what this is. It's DRQQPY2. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Ricky Harris, uh, Ashley Gober, LWP the second, Paul, Nobody Cares. And I left this one off last week. Actually, I didn't leave it off per se. I gave the, uh, it was live with a thousand different numbers afterwards. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But that's actually our buddy Javier. And I'm sure I'll mispronounce the last name, so I'll give it a chance. Okay. Uh, it looks like Ayala. Oh. So Javier, Javier Ayala. So if that's, well, that's correct, a name. you can let me know. I know the Javier's right. I got yeah, that much of my I love that. Name. You guys are so amazing. I just, I'm so happy to see y'all's reviews. I just feel like we've made so many good friends, and it's just the best feeling ever. And it's funny because. Just recently, like within the last month, Tracy's actually figured out how to go look at the reviews. I know. I'm so excited. She, she always had to just ask all the time, do we get any new reviews? It's I know. like It's not hard to look at. No. It's right there on your phone. And she figured <laughs> it out. Now she's posted them and everything. I know. And um, I just want to say, too, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um, we had a great Thanksgiving. And, of course, had to wear my stretchy britches eating all that ham and turkey and stuff but it was good and i just hope you guys had a blessed time with your family and friends for the record i do not condone the word britches they are pants (laughs) and they're britches they're not britches that's uh that's not a word that we use in this house that's uh (gasps) i use it all the time and you shouldn't why we'll just leave it at that but britches are good because you can eat like a bunch of stuff just saying. Instead of them jeans where you have to unbutton your button and zip Britches your... does not mean they're stretchy. Britches are just pants. Well, I like the word britches. Biatch, get off my nuts. Why don't you say briaches? <laughs> <laughs> briaches. That just sounds silly. Okay. But anyway, I hope you guys had a blessed um, Thanksgiving with your family. And before you know it, Rudolph will be on, and then that's all she wrote. All right, couple of Patreon uh, new Patreon supporters this week, guys. We love you so much. Thank you, Debbie Seeger. We got Heather from Vermont and Miriam Meredith. Thank you, guys. That's so nice. Please remember that if you support on Patreon, we give you a lot of extra. So yeah. we've been doing the mini episodes. We did a mini video. We did. So and we got a lot of good response on that. So we'll probably do at least one of those a month. Um, so thank you guys so much. And uh, like I said, go. You can check out. Go to our Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com and pull up Hillbilly Horror Stories. You'll see all the different levels, what you can pay and what you get and all that. But 
you get a chance to win a free t-shirt and you get these little mini episodes mm-hmm. just for being a dollar a month supporter. Yeah, those are fun to do too. Yeah. I like and that's, them. You know, a dollar a month not not too bad, I don't guess. For Plus you get the entertainment of watching Jerry reach up and turn the record button on and then fall back on his yeah, butt. <laughs> I, the iPad really needs a remote control. You know, I know, but we can't. I probably have one if I had an iPhone, but I don't have an iPhone. So. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to jump into this story? I am, honey. I'm ready. The very first year, you might have heard the song. I came out with Grand Funk, uh, I'm Your Captain. And the reason we did that is because the very first story we're going to do tonight is Captain Grant's Bed and Breakfast. Sounds fantastic. Where's it at? That seems to like, that didn't sound rehearsed at all. No, I was trying to think of a good word. It does sound fantastic. That's fantastic. Where is it at? Oh, stop it. I didn't say it like that. Well, it's in Preston, Connecticut. I thought it was in Kentucky. No. That's another story. Oh. <laughs> Once again, proof that she knows not what we talk about. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So okay, baby. It's in, <laughs> so you asked where it was at cause just because you thought you were setting me up to say it's right here in Kentucky. I don't know. And it's not. Okay. Where is it in again? Preston, Connecticut. Preston, Connecticut. It's in Preston, Connecticut. It was built in 1754 by Sea Captain William Grant, thus the term Captain Grant's Bed and Breakfast. Well, that makes sense. And plus the fact that we played... I'm your captain. So there we go. So it all ties in. He built this home in 1754 for his uh, his new wife. Her name was Mercy Adelaide Avery. Nice. Yep. Very it's nice. It's Ma. Unfortunately, he died at sea <gasps> at the age of 32. Oh, no. Yep. That's so young. Yep. Mary Adelaide. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> So, Mary Adelaide, Adelaide was left to uh, try to raise three kids all their own because they had three kids. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that a year after, um, well, not a year, but later, actually years after his family passed away, um, he kind of came back to the house. Excuse me? Yeah, as you know, as a ghost. Like a dead person? Yeah, well, as a ghost, not like a zombie or something. And he returned home to find that his whole family, even in death, was still there. That's how the legend goes. That they kind of they they kind of waited there for him. Oh, that's so sweet. Yep. Now the current owner, her name is uh, Carol Matsumoto. Go ahead. Uh-huh. She doesn't look like a Matsumoto, so I'm guessing that's she's her husband. a married name. Yeah, that's I a gotcha. married name. Gotcha. Which I know what's a married name. So, but her, Carol Mat- Matsumoto. Mat- Matsumoto. It's not like a wrestler. Maybe she is a wrestler. Wasn't there like Tojo Yamamoto? Remember yeah, the- I do remember actually. But she bought the house back in 1994. And she kind of, it's its a very odd situation how she got there. It's not an odd situation. It's just a situation, I guess, but not odd. She got divorced. Mm-hmm. And in the divorce, she lost her 401k. So I guess her husband got it. Her, what year was this? 1994. Oh. That I just said. <laughs> I was like, they had 401k back in the 1700s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used to keep track of it with their cell phones. Just pull it up the app for a 401k. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let me go back again. The current owner who bought the home in 1994, uh-huh. she got a divorce. She lost her 401k. And she needed something to fall back on for retirement because she was like in her 50s. Yeah. So what she did was she got enough money together to buy this house so she could turn it into a bed and breakfast so it would create an income Good for, for her. Well, the house needed a lot of work. Like yeah. when she first bought it, it was like the uh, the the people she was buying or not the people but like the township that she's Mm -hmm. buying it's like 
you know, engineers have looked at this thing and they're like, are you sure you want to buy this thing? Oh, so it, really? it needed a well, lot Well, I mean, of that work. was pretty old. Oh, yeah. It was built in the 1700s. It took her 15 months before she of, of rehabbing it before she could even get it open. Oh, That's gotcha. how much work needed mm-hmm. to be done. She only opened with two rooms and then she opened a fourth and then she opened a fifth. So it was a, you know, she wanted to get open what she could get open and yeah. start generating some money off of it. Now, when she originally purchased it, there was people living there. This was like a one-bedroom apartment. It was all they were using oh, on this dang. big house. and that, But that's all that was there. But there was people there. And she had to wait almost four months for these people to leave before she could start doing any renovations on the place. Why? Because they didn't want to leave? I, get, I don't know if there was a situation okay. where she was trying to evict them or if they had a lease. Oh, gotcha. Or what the deal is. But she still had to wait four right. months. So my guess is they probably had a lease. And mm-hmm. she had to wait for it to be up. Now, obviously, the home was in really bad shape, like we said. And Carol says that uh, he's got he had that house right there, but he also owned two other houses. So to get a little history on 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 Captain Grant, he owned a house directly across the street, mm-hmm. the house she bought, and a house right to the west of him. So he had a nice little yeah. little area there. And what he did is he sailed out of uh, I'm gonna screw this name up, Pocatomi Cove. That's okay. where that was. So he would sell out of Pocatomi Cove. He would get gris from the gris mill, take it down to Honduras, and bring back mahogany. I have what no is clue. Gris? I have no clue what gris is. I knew you were going to ask me, and I know I should look. You mean it like up. maybe some maybe it's, some kind guess, of wood? I guess no. I think it's like wheat or something. Wheat? I mean, it's something of that nature. Oh, I think, okay. I think that's a so gris. So what is. he traded it for wood? I guess he traded it, or either he went down there and sold it and then brought back. I guess, yeah. but he brought back mahogany. We'll have to see what gris is. I'm I'm sure one of our listeners will send us a I message so. because they be always do. You guys are so great. If, if we ever say we don't know what something is. Yeah, you guys really help us out a lot. Just like with the dental records. Yeah. When we said we didn't know how to identify somebody with dental record, then we had somebody send us exactly how it And works. I work in a dang dental office. I didn't have a clue. A dang dental office. A dental that- office. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> but anyway, so Carol said that... Um, She's actually had some of Captain Grant's actual ancestors come and stay at the end. Oh. Which is which is pretty cool. That is cool. So Captain Grant, as far as the not the person, but the, the inn itself, the, the bed and breakfast, it's actually been on several paranormal shows, including Psychic Kids, uh, Children of the Paranormal, and Scariest Places in America. Oh, wow. Which I don't know why I don't know why they would have two of the three that were mentioned. The, for the kids, you mean? We're, yeah, one was Psychic Kids, and one, and one was uh, uh, Children of the Paranormal. I don't know why that would be a, a kid thing, but I guess maybe because there's kids maybe involved. Maybe kids that in were it, involved, yeah. sure. She said that there's actually uh, a cemetery beside one of the uh, beside them, and then they got one right behind them. So mm-hmm. there's two cemeteries right there, approximately. And the, and the village actually dates back to 1687 is how old that place is. Wow. Very old. So it makes sense that there actually would be some ghosts and hauntings and stuff like that in the area. Now, one of the most haunted rooms in the place is the Adelaide Room, Mm -hmm. obviously named after Mm -hmm. uh, his wife. And it's probably a little more accurate to say, rather than that room, that bathroom. Oh. The bathroom is really what's more haunted. And they think it's haunted by a little girl by the name of Deborah Adams. Now... That name actually came from there was a group of five people that rented out the whole inn that they were had the the dowsing rods. Uh, do you know what a dowsing rod is? No, I don't. Dowsing rods are like two metal rods. They're kind of L shaped. So just picture if you had a 
picture you was roasting marshmallows mm-hmm. and you had the the a piece of metal in your hand but then at the end it it made like an l shape okay so long enough it's like that and then what they'll do is they'll sit there and they'll they'll ask questions kind of like you would with a ouija board and these l shapes will move toward oh. or back almost like a so that's you can only use yes or no questions with them. Okay. That's pretty much it. But you can use that. And a lot of people will use this. Like when we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when we had uh, Fritz Zimmerman on the show mm-hmm. talking about the uh, ancient burial mounds. Yes. They will take the dowsing rods out there and stuff like that. But you, you've probably heard before of people using uh, divining rods, dowsing oh, rods yeah. to find water. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's, so that's sort of what that is? Yeah, kind of the same same type of, of Well, that's premise. good to know. So anyway, they had they they had that in there, and they were doing a little seance, and they were asking who it was, and they had to go through each letter of the alphabet, yes, no, yes, oh, no. Oh gosh! And, and eventually, and what she spelled out was her name of Deborah Adams, and that's where they got the name at. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. No clue as to who she was. Uh, what was funny about this was this little girl apparently hated the bathroom, mm-hmm. and the reason being is. They had the shower curtain. See how everything comes full circle? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was a Philbilly Horror Story shower curtain because we didn't have those yet. Mm -hmm. But they had a shower curtain, and it would come off of the rod rod and actually not just come off, but come off like it was yanked and fly into the room adjoining the bathroom, the main main room uh, of the uh, hotel. And eventually they ended up, she got her husband, Carol got her husband, to actually, I think, glue it. Yeah. Um, glue some stuff in place to try to keep it from happening. Uh-huh. Um, so it happened a lot? Yeah, it happened a lot. Matter of fact, there was one night there was a man standing in the room, and he said, as he was in there, of course, she had the, the metal shower curtain rings. He said he was in the room, and he could start hearing ting, <gasps> ting, Holy ting. moly. And then he went in there, and half of it had already been pulled off. And it was kind of, now the part that was pulled down, it was kind of twisted. Oh. So it's like it kind of twisted around itself. And he said he was just in there not too long right before that, and it was fine. It was fine. fine. Yeah. My guess is he was pooping. He didn't say whether he was or not. He just said he was in earlier, but what else would he be doing? You just got to the hotel, probably had a long ride. Yeah. Probably ate something crappy. Probably. White Castle or something like that. Made your tummy hurt. And then you had to poop. Yeah. Or Taco Bell. It fits. Could be anything. Fits a story. So anyways, he... uh, Carol actually said that that one time, this is actually one of my favorite stories of the whole thing. This is when they first really started opening up. So mm-hmm. they didn't have a whole lot going on. They're yeah. still doing some renovations. She had a New York City detective actually come and spend the night in that Adelaide room. He came down at like 5 o'clock in the morning pissed off. Yeah. And he's like, you and your husband are so rude. <gasps> I mean, we've been trying to sleep, and from 4 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, you guys are upstairs in the attic. You're do- I don't know what you're doing. Sounds like somebody's walking around in heavy boots. And then she had to explain to him that, no, sir, we weren't up there. We have ghosts. Oh, my gosh. And she she just, didn't even hold back, well, did she? Well, she just thought it was so funny that she's talking to a New York City detective and mm-hmm. trying to explain to him yeah. that the answer is ghosts, <laughs> knowing that that's not how his mind probably oh, works. Oh, of course not. Nobody just thinks of that. And uh, so, so what she did is right after they had breakfast, she took him up to the attic to look at the part that oversees, or not oversees, but it's right over top of oh, his room. Uh-huh. And she said it was all this antique timber from the 1700s just sprawled out 
all over the place because they were going to be using it to help fix the place up. Mm -hmm. So they had gotten all this timber, and that's where they were storing it at. Yeah. But she said when you were up there looking, all this was everywhere. There was no room to walk. I was going to say, there probably wasn't yeah, so, a floor down or anything. Yeah, so she made it clear, or it was clear that there was no room for anybody to be walking. So then what he did was, it was funny, he actually came back downstairs and he booked the room for two other stays. <gasps> so not only did he not get his money back that he wanted, he ended up booking two other stays. Wow, that's so cool. Now, Carol herself said that, and she's still the owner today, so she's owned it since 1994. Wow. So. But she's uh, she actually said that she's seen shadows twice. Mm -hmm. She said one time she was on the, she saw him moving down the staircase mm -hmm. and she said it's not like she caught it out of the corner of her eye she was looking and staring straight at it and she said that was that was what you know she thought obviously is a sign of somebody yeah she just doesn't know who she assumes it's captain grant now carol said that there was a famous famous psychic she didn't say who mm -hmm. but she said a famous psychic actually stayed there she rented the whole bed and breakfast for a halloween event uh-huh and she said that they went to the uh, the cemetery that was across the street, and she captured on camera a vortex. She said it looked just like, as you're watching on video camera, it looked just like a little tornado, little mini tornado oh, over there. like at night, I guess? I'm assuming it was night, yeah. That's, I mean, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. You could see that, though, at night. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure there was probably enough lighter. They had yeah. the, the camera probably had a light on it. Man, that would be cool to capture that. Yeah. So, and Carol likes to do Halloween events, too, even when she's not. She likes to do her own Halloween events. And one Halloween, she uh, told her husband, since there was people coming, they wanted to make sure they had good equipment. So, they yeah. sent him out to buy all new flashlights, all new batteries. And they come back, and they get all their people together. I'm not exactly sure how many people where there was, but it was a decent little amount, probably six, seven, eight people. Mm -hmm. And they went to the cemetery. It's very dark, she said, at this cemetery. Uh, there's a sign there that says uh, uh, Pocatonic Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And she said as soon as they got past the sign, which is in the beginning, yeah. as soon as they got past the sign, every one of the flashlights went dead at no, the exact same time. Wow. I think I'd probably be okay. See y'all later. I'm done. <laughs> Carol also says she's talked to the, the ghost of Mercy Adelaide. She said that um, Adelaide tells her that she can see the light and she's told her why don't you go towards the white light and she said she does not want to go towards the white light because the captain is there and she doesn't oh want to she leave wants him. to stay that's true love it sure is i like that now captain grant has been known to actually pace up and down the attic obviously mm -hmm. that uh, new york city detective is not the, the only person to ever hear this it happens even today Mercy Adelaide has actually been seen in the Adelaide room holding a baby with clothes on from that Oh, for that area. century. That's yeah. so sweet. So they're assuming that that's her and one of yeah. her kids. One visitor that actually stayed there said he was watching TV. Got, you know, back, you know how you get weary just from traveling on the yeah. road. So you come back and he's kicked back on the bed. It's him and his wife. They're watching TV. And he says where he was sitting to the right there was one of those stand-up full-length mirrors. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the oval kind like you see in, in the old days. Mm -hmm. That's on a, you know, like two little hinges or whatever. Or not hinges, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And he said as he's watching TV out of the corner of his eye, this thing's straight up and down like it should be. He sees it start um, going towards the floor. You know, like somebody's oh, at the uh -huh. top of it. And then bending it down. Know. or whatever, And he said it, it goes almost all the way to where it's horizontal. 
He said he goes over to it. He straightens it back up like it's supposed to be, and then he's shaking it back and forth to see, you know, is if this the thing screws are yeah, loose is it just or loose like, or something mm-hmm. where it's just he said shaking it back and forth. It did not move. It would it would only move when he applied force. So he has absolutely zero clue how this thing could have just moved on its own like that because he didn't see mm-hmm. how it could move. And this guy was a skeptic and he said after staying in that room Did his was, wife see that too, I guess? I don't know. I'm, oh. I don't know if she was in the room oh. or but you know, he said after staying in that room, he would no longer be a skeptic as to what was going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, how can you be? Right. And another woman that actually stayed there, she came her and her sister. And uh, they were downstairs on the porch and just having a good time, laughing, joking, having a good time. It was time to turn in, take a little, you know, sleep time. So she said they get in, they get into bed. Her sister was beside her in a different bed. And uh, two twin beds, like the one we stayed at, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, she said she was laying on the bed and then she just felt something like kind of a jar of the bed you know she's uh-huh. like a little push or something she says she looks down on the bottom corner and she could see the bed as if something invisible sat down on it she said a big area of it pressed way down oh like a big dent yeah she said um if it had been like just a light little touch or something like that she could have yeah. found a thousand different ways to, to play that it. off yeah. or explain it but she said this was like no if ands or buts something heavy sat down on the edge of that bed and she said she started yelling for her sister who got up and then the rest of the night um they slept with the lights on and the tv on oh see i feel you sister so but that's the story on uh captain grant's bed and breakfast i would love to go there well you can I go mean, there i don't know what still the, operating yeah, it's still operating i don't know what the prices are or anything like that mm-hmm. but so if you guys are and i know we got a lot of listeners that are up in uh, vermont uh, for example, since we mentioned Heather earlier, and then uh, we've got people up in uh, uh, New Hampshire, uh-huh. and, and um, you know, you're all—they're all right in that area. Yeah, so well, that's lucky. Yep. Very cool. That was a good story, honey. Well, thank you, babe. You're welcome. So, anyways, uh, I thought we would take a real quick second to talk about Studio Headphones, since apparently they don't really like it when I make fun of their name, as. I guess I was wrong. I thought advertisers would like that when you misappropriate everything they're trying to help you with. So I'll tell you about the newest headphone that they actually sent us, which is pretty cool. It's called the Trey. It's actually the newest model, and uh, it's got nine hours of battery life. That's pretty good. Oh, damn wow. Cool. That's really good. And 10 days of standby life. So if you use it for a couple of hours uh-huh. and then just set it aside, eight to 10 days later, it's still going to have battery. It's not going to, it's going to take 10 days without that battery completely oh, wow. draining even if you don't have it plugged in well dang it's worth Which, that right there yeah i noticed that on the ones that i've got the regent that i've got uh-huh. uh, that i use all the time it's i haven't charged it up and i can't tell you how long oh wow so i mean it just that's good stuff right there yeah it is because it's hard to find anything that lasts that long but what i like about the tray is it's it's got it's made out of sweatproof material so that's a plus uh-huh. it's got custom wing tips that actually stay comfortable in your ear no matter what you're doing or, or how you're moving. Yeah, that's a big important one because sometimes I have problems with the earbuds, um, you know, how they hang over your ear, or even how they fit inside of your ear. I don't feel like I can always get them comfortable, but these work well. I don't know how, why it's yeah, different. Yeah, you, you got to pull them up. They just look different. You yeah. Pull, pull up the tray, the T-R-E, mm-hmm. uh, on Studio and check it out. And I think they're like 100 bucks, yeah. 99 99 and then, like I said, but you get 15% off of that. That's good. So Good deal. A um, little bit about Studio. They wanted to revolutionize, revolutionize the way that people see headphones 
and not just use it as a, a, a tech device, but also an accessory. So that's how the company came to be. And the headphones market um, only offered really two things, style and tech. And they figured, hey, we could do both. Well, good for them. So, and they're not big. They're not bulky. And they're um, the quality are, are of the of the highest rated headphones on the market are very similar to this, but mm-hmm. these are a fraction of the cost. Good. So we won't good. name any of the other big name headphones that okay. at one point might have been named after a famous rapper that <laughs> sold them to Apple. But that's what they compare. Oh, to. They, these are good stuff, though, guys. They're very comfortable, and and like he said, I love the fact that they, you know, stay charged so long. Because you know how my, me and Jerry, we work out like hours and hours and hours. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was a big lie. Sorry. Okay, I lay in the bed and watch Netflix with them on. Uh, <laughs> but if that's considered working out. <laughs> oh, it was worth a shot. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next story. Uh, this next story is actually in Kentucky. No, that's oh. uh, not just playing. It is. Oh, Lord. That's <laughs> not be funny. To throw you for a loop. This place is actually called Octagon Hall, and it's called Octagon Hall for a reason. It's shaped like an octagon. It's shaped like an octagon. Um, it's three stories tall, and it's got eight walls. It's shaped like a stop sign. Very cool. This place is in Franklin, Kentucky, which is about 50 miles north of Nashville. So it's not too far from yeah. uh, from us. We could get there in like two and a half hours. Yeah, I was going to say, it so, shouldn't take long at all. So, you know, we've talked about several times, even last week, about limestone. Mm-hmm. And limestone tends to uh, create magnetic fields, and it tends to absorb energy, so you get a lot of paranormal activity. And this place is actually built out of brick and limestone. So it's really not a big surprise that they're having situations in there this home was built by a wealthy slave owner by the name of andrew caldwell it took him 13 years to build and was finally completed in 1859 wow 13 years that's a long time it is a long time built the house ain't that damn big yeah so the odd shape was actually supposed to be designed to actually capture wind Mm-hmm. From all different areas. Because keep in mind, they didn't have air conditioning or anything back yeah. then. So they always they wanted to. Breeze. And, and then, you know, and if, if you guys are outside of Kentucky and the, the Tennessee area and that same area, when it's hot and in and, and the summertime, it's muggy. Yeah. It is very Bible. humid and it can get to be 95 to 100 degrees and add about an extra 10 degrees on for the way it feels from the humidity. So. Um, it would be very important to try to get as wind from as many different angles as possible. I know when they built um, up in Louisville, when they built Waverly Hills Sanatorium, it was kind of built in in a shape which wouldn't octagon shape, but it was built in a shape that was designed to catch as much wind as possible. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, and that's why the, that's why there's there was no windows all the way around the thing. It was yeah. completely open because they would set people out there. Uh-huh. Uh, even when it was freezing, because there's pictures of people out there with frost and stuff on them. Oh, wow. Because they would set them out there to get cold air for the tuberculosis. But that's a different story. That's episode seven. You can go back and listen to it. Yeah, and that humid thing don't do nothing for your hair either, just telling you. No. Well, especially pubic hair. That's why they're always short and curly. Oh, wow. That No? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it was actually, you know, like I said, it took 13 years to build. It was finished in 1859, and the odd shape was obviously to catch the wind, but... It's actually theorized that that shape could actually be conducive for paranormal activity. Okay. That that might be yeah. something that actually attracts it. Uh, just like with the uh, um, the pyramids, 
the shape of the pyramids are supposed to attract certain things. Mm -hmm. And they think that this octagon-shaped building, since most buildings aren't shaped like that, may actually kind of create the same type of situation. It's now a museum, and the owner and the curator has uh, said he's seen apparitions. He's been followed through the house. He's had his clothes tugged on. He said he's heard voices, everything from singing to laughing to fighting to crying. So the question is, who were these spirits? Yeah, you know? I'd like to know. Okay. <laughs> no, I do not know. <laughs> Andrew Caldwell was obviously a supporter of the Confederate Army. Mm-hmm. And this was right around the time, obviously, mm-hmm. is the uh, um, Civil War. And he used to harbor injured soldiers inside there. That's nice. Kind of like the uh, situation where it wasn't like a hospital type situation. He would just kind of hide them out there. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they would take care of them too, but that was more the hiding out purpose. Well, they actually had one of them that died in the house. Aw. Unique story. He was actually trying to escape from the Union Army, and he was wounded in his hand and his foot. Mm-hmm. When they knew that the Union soldiers were getting ready to search the house, so they hid this guy up in the attic. Okay. And while he was up there, he actually took his boot off. Well, unbeknownst to him, this boot was actually applying enough pressure to his artery and oh, his no. foot to where it was keeping the bleeding down. And yeah. when he took it off, he actually bled out and died up there. Oh in the my attic. gosh. Bless his heart. Yeah. And he's actually buried right there on the property. Oh. So there's actually a Civil War. Um, well, what a shame. Headstone right there. Yep. One of the uh, the rooms that has extreme paranormal haunting is like downstairs there. It's got this giant chandelier. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, the curator was actually talking about that one night he actually went and turned the light off. But as he was turning the light off, he saw a shadow. And you know, when you, you know how it is, you see, like if you're looking at a wall and you see a shadow, then you know something's causing it. So he turned around to see what was causing the shadow. Uh-huh. And he said when he did, he saw an apparition of a Civil War soldier complete with the hat, the uniform. Yeah. And he took like two or three steps and just disappeared in the thin air. Oh, wow. Yep. And then uh, here's probably the saddest part of the story. In the 1860s, a little girl by the name of Mary Elizabeth was actually killed in the house. What happened? Well, she was actually at the kitchen fireplace. And she was playing over near the fire, and either a coal, a piece of coal, or an ember, or something flew out, and oh, it gosh. caught her dress on fire. Aww. And she actually died later of the burns From that the she burns. suffered. Oh, yeah. poor baby. She obviously shows up a lot there because yeah. she gets noticed by several people. Uh, the curator's wife refuses to come into the house at all. Really? Because she's actually had her hair tugged. Yeah. Her clothes pulled. And she's had, um, she's heard a little girl laughing in that room, so she won't come in anymore. I mean, that's not that bad. Well, maybe not, but some people are freaked out by ghosts, period. It doesn't matter if they're good, bad. I mean, if she was, like, stabbing her or (laughs) spewing pea soup or or something like that, I get it, but. This fireplace, think about this. I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. This fireplace, it's a big one. If you've ever been to Cracker Barrel and you see their giant fireplace, mm-hmm. picture that. Now, on the inside of these fireplaces, they would actually have like an arm that would hang out uh, that you would put a metal arm that you would hang a pot on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then it's like over. Like the little house on the prairie. 
I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, how she cooked her beans. So you would you this thing would swing out so you could put the pot and everything on and you would swing it back into the, the fire. fire. Right. So this fireplace has one of those. Mm-hmm. And one day, um, keep in mind it's not being used, but one day there was a visitor in there and they were looking around at some stuff and they started hearing some rattling. Mm-hmm. Well, this thing is set up with a pot on the end of it, you know, hanging from it so yeah. to create the the scene. And he said you could just hear it start to shake, and then all of a sudden the arm swung out from the fireplace to just straight out. Oh, dang, by itself? Yeah, by itself. So he was kind of freaked out by it. Well, that would freak me out. <laughs> the best story, though, that I saw on, on this place is that there was a volunteer mm-hmm. that was in there helping out. And he was just sitting in the room. It's fairly dark. Not completely dark, but it was, you know, I guess just because there's not a lot of light in the room. And he was just sitting in there for whatever reason. And uh, the door opened up. And when the door opened up, a little girl walked in. Or at least what appeared to be a little girl. And she just stared at him. And he said you could. it was an apparition because he could see through her. Uh But she just stared at him. Uh And then she disappeared. And he took off running like Forrest Gump Uh out of the place. Uh And when he got to outside, he ran into the curator. And the curator said that he was crying. Oh, gosh. And it took him 10 minutes to calm down. Oh, just to even tell him Before he could even tell him what was going on. Oh, wow. (laughs) He refused to go back into the place, and he has not been in there since. Dang. What a bunch of (laughs) crybabies. I'd be scared of a little girl. So that's the story of Octagon Hall. In Franklin, Kentucky. Yeah, we definitely need to go there. So we got one more story. Okay. And I kind of like this one. I think it's perfect to end on. Okay. This is the story of a man named Brady. <laughs> this time, no, no. This, no. Let me tell you about a story about a man named Jed. That's nowhere near the way that song goes. Uh, <laughs> How's it go? <laughs> <clears throat> Come and listen to a story about Bad a man, man named Jed. Jed. Poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. fed. Then one day he was shooting at a fool. Oh, no, not a fool. It's not a fool. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And up through the fucking... ground came a bubbling. <clears throat> okay, sorry. Sorry. This next story, as we try to get professional again. Boy, studio's just going to love us. Oh. What the hell? What do you mean? <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about Marjum Manor. Marjum Manor is a winery up in Appleton, New York. Okay. Sounds nice. It was built by... There's, you're going to love the names in this. It was built by Schubel Merritt in 1854 on the same site as he originally had built a log cabin uh, that he lived in with his wife and three kids. Cool. I love log cabins. Yep. His wife's name was uh, Sophia, and his three kids were Louis, Cordelia, and Phoebe. Okay. She had a, they, you know, back then they they named women after like her name was Sophia and the daughter's name was Phoebe Sophia. They did that oh. a lot back then. They never do that these days. It's always the men that just name the kids. And, yeah. But back then the women used to take name their kids after them also. Yeah. Anyways, so that's my little history lesson. Mm-hmm. It's not much of a history lesson, and somebody will probably well. correct me on it. But wasn't that interesting? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> As he started to make a little more money. His wife kind of demanded they have a bigger house. So he built this lot bigger, nicer brick house, which is now the winery, and they got rid of the log cabin. 
Aww. Much like the Loretta, Loretta Lynn story. Yeah. Except they just went from a one-room log cabin to like a three-room log cabin. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so when they moved into the new home, the two daughters actually moved in with him, but the son, Lewis, went to Rochester University, so he didn't move in with him. I guess he was staying at a dorm or whatever the deal was. His wife, Sophia, actually died in the house in 1864. And the next year, in 1865, this is a tough one uh, for the family, obviously, because on a Thursday afternoon, now pay attention to time and time and day of this. On a Thursday afternoon, or Thursday morning, actually, Lewis and, and Schubel had actually went hunting. Mm-hmm. They come back to the house. Schubel is actually in the living room cleaning his gun. His son, Lewis, at 3 o'clock on this Thursday, comes through a set of French doors that lead into the living room. Yeah. He's going to ask his dad a question. As he's coming through the door, his dad looks up at him, and the gun accidentally discharges, and he kills his son, Lewis. Oh, no. Who actually died and collapsed right there in the doorway of the French doors. Oh, that's horrible. Well, it gets better. Well, not for Lewis, because he's dead, so it's not getting any better for him. Oh, but Lewis. <laughs> so... Obviously, Schubel is devastated by what happens. Of course. He demands that the French doors actually be nailed shut and never used again. Like it's the French doors. I'm just going to say, it's not the something. French doors' fault. <laughs> so he probably still kept the gun, though. I'm sure. Um, Schubel, he, the rest of his life, was in complete guilt. Oh, my gosh, I can imagine. He, he did nothing but pace the floors. That's what they said. He paced the floors on a regular basis, and he would actually call out for his son. So it, it mentally really affected him. Oh well, my gosh, it would son. do anybody that way. He died on March second, eighteen eighty one, on Thursday at three p.m. Who? Schubel. Schubel. <gasps> Why he die? Old age or whatever. Aww. But he died on a Thursday at three p.m. Yeah. Just like his son did. Now it said that you could actually. Hear Schubel pacing to this day at exactly 3 p.m. several days a year. You can hear him pacing. Yeah. The French door will actually do some stuff, too. If it's closed at 3 p.m. on the dot, some days it will just fly open. No way. And if it's open some days at 3 p.m., it will slam shut. This happens several times a year and several witnesses. Mm Mm-hmm. People also that are like visitors to the place, because keep in mind, it's a winery. Right. So people come and take tours and wine tastings and stuff like that. People also see a young man walking through the French doors and just kind of stop and looking around a little bit and then disappear. As if he's not sure what's happening. There was actually a a guy there for a wine tasting, and he said he was standing at the staircase. At the bottom of the staircase is kind of the room where this... Mm -hmm. uh, French doors lead into the other room and he said he was standing there talking to some friends and he sees like a younger guy out of the corner of his eye and he said he turned around to say something to him and when he did the guy wasn't there oh gosh and it was right there by the French doors I wonder if he forgave his father well I'm sure he didn't condemn his father for accidentally shooting oh I know that's really sad now believe it or not Lewis and what's the guy's name Shubel. Shubel, 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 Shubel. Believe it or not, Lewis and Shubel were not the only family members to actually die in that house at 3 p.m. No kidding. On a Thursday. Oh, 
and... Boy, if you were an 11 person, you'd be paranoid, wouldn't you? <laughs> Lewis wasn't the only one to die at that French door area. So here's the deal. Once, once the dad died, Shubal died, the house was left to his daughters, which was Phoebe Sophia and her sister Cordelia. They inherited the house. Well, Phoebe and her husband, Lucius, decided that they were going to buy Cordelia out. Mm-hmm. And in 1864, they kind of wanted to turn into this um, fancy place where um, uh, all the social lights in the area, yeah. the, the rich and the famous, whatever, uh-huh. would come in and have parties and tea and all that stuff. And that's what the plan was. And Phoebe Sophia actually invited all of her friends together. And they were going to come over and start decorating the place. Well, the clock struck three on a Thursday. Uh-oh. The French doors burst open. And at that time, Phoebe Sophia actually let out a gasp and collapsed, dead as a doornail, right there at the French doors. No way. Nobody knows really what the cause of death was. Oh, she just wow. collapsed and she was not that old. I mean, we're talking probably 40s. So I, I wonder then that whole family's just doomed to go that way. I don't know. But today several people uh, report seeing a woman walking around on the front porch that they assume is her because oh, wow. she's the one who wanted that, you know, level of, of um, high society yeah. and all that. So they see her walking around. And this is the, what I thought the funniest story is one of the employees who works in the wine part of it, in the, the store part where you can go in and buy wine. He says that uh, at one time, a bottle of wine, he watched it fall from like a table. Mm-hmm. But he said it didn't fall, it like floated. Mm. Floated really slow. It didn't hit and bounce. It hit on the ground and then it spun. And he said that it was it was almost like she Phoebe was uh, had a crush on him, and oh. she was inviting him to play spin oh, the bottle. Oh, that naughty girl! <laughs> but uh, I saw a picture of him, and uh, that's doubtful. Oh, I highly doubt she had a crush on him. He was kind of hideous. Oh, well, back in the day, it's not how you look; it's what you feel. This is now. This ain't back in the day. Oh, whatever. She was back. Okay, in the day. so wait. So she brought her sister out. So her sister was not ever in the house again, or I don't know that she was in the house again, or I think I wouldn't go in a damn house, especially on a Thursday at three o'clock. But she was the only family member who didn't die in the house. Isn't that the craziest thing? That I mean, is crazy. The fact that a lot of people died in the houses, they stayed there for yeah. It was not uncommon for you know um, kids to stay with, just like in the whole Lizzie Borden thing, where they would be like 25, 35, 40 years old still living at home. No way. I mean, I would always be concerned that, okay, is it this Thursday at 3 o'clock? Is my time up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. Oh, my gosh. Cray, cray. Well, guys, that's my three stories that we got. Uh, I want to take a couple of seconds to go ahead and play this little short uh, audio that we did. It's about six minutes long. I think you'll like it. I, it was, I thought it was fun to do. And like I said, we might do a little more of this. It's more a little more on the comedy side than it is the paranormal side. But there is a little bit of a paranormal tie-in. If you like it, tell us. And if you don't like it, um, I'm sure you'll tell us that too. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely want to know. Give a listen real quick to this. All right, guys, as a special Thanksgiving treat, I thought what could be more paranormal than actually speaking to somebody that's been dead for the last 20 years. So please welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories, longtime Cubs announcer, Harry Carey. Great to be here, Harry Bolly. Let me ask you this real quick. Sure, ask away. So you've been in heaven for a long time now. Um, A long time. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's been crazy the last couple of years. I mean, we're losing celebrities down here left and right. It's got to be and exciting. We're, and we're gaining them right and left. It's amazing. Right now, we had our meet and greet. It was me, Charlie Manson, David Cassidy, and Della Reese all in a hot tub. It was a sausage fest before Della came. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, what if, so David Cassidy's up there already. He just, I mean, he just died like yesterday. Yeah. He's already up there. Wrote a song, said, listen to my heartbeat. Can't do it anymore, David. Can't do it. <laughs> what, what about Manson? Is he, is he anywhere great close? Great guy. He's a great guy. Great guy. Got in a little trouble in his early 20s, 30s, and 40s. Besides that, great guy. 83 when he died. Had a 26-year-old girlfriend. I tell you what. She's nice. Well, is he close? Is he, is he like somewhere where you could get him on? I'll tell you what. Hey, Charlie. Won't be on Hillbilly Horror Story. That's a no. <laughs> well, fair enough then. So let me ask you this. What's heaven like up there? I mean, like down here right now, all we got is sexual harassment stuff. Oh, it goes on in heaven too. Let me tell you. You got to be kidding me. Oh, it's the exact opposite though. Women are the aggressors in heaven. It's heaven. Women sexually harass you. Don't sounds wonderful. Not so great in application. So the women touch and fondle you. The ugly ones touch me. <laughs> so, so you know you're not on that. That's not something you're really into. I didn't say that. Ugly woman touching you is better than no woman touching you. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll agree to disagree. So going back to the sexual harassment thing, Della Reese claims she was touched by an angel. I did not see anything, but I believe her. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. Pop quiz, Larry Polly. What would you rather be, a bowl of mashed potatoes or a box of stovetop stuffing? Um, I guess I'm going to go with potatoes. Wise choice, my friend. I'd be cream corn. I like cream corn except for the cream. I wish they'd make a creamless cream corn. Well, I, I, I think they do. I think that's just called Hi, Larry. corn. Question for you. Okay. You got that little dog ninja. <laughs> yeah. You ever fed him cat-flavored dog food? <laughs> no, I think, he's, uh, I think he's happy with the dog-flavored dog food. Actually, he doesn't eat that. Why dog? <laughs> you know, I had a turtle one time. Put turtle wax on it. Use it to play shuffleboard. You ever played shuffleboard? No. No, I'm under the age of 80, so. Oh, it's a great game. It's a great game. I'll tell you what. My, I shoved my turtle on the shuffleboard court. Would you believe me when I tell you? It came out of a shell. I don't know what, whether he was naked or if he was homeless. <laughs> what do you think, naked or homeless? I think we should just move on. No, what? it's a simple question. <laughs> naked or homeless? Okay, I would say homeless. Wise choice, my friend. <laughs> it was good to see him come out of the shell, though. Um, is there anyone in heaven that surprised you being there? A couple people surprised me. One was Adolf Hitler. He's there. Another one was a guy named Brad Schultz. Who's Brad Schultz? He was a boy I went to kindergarten with. Real a-hole. <laughs> well, so I'm glad you compared him to Hitler. I'm sure that was a... Uh... No, you asked me the question. It was a simple question. I just answered. Who was I surprised to see? Adolf Hitler, Bob Schultz. And no idea why Adolf Hitler's there? They don't make those... I don't make those decisions. All right, well, let me ask you this. We've lost a lot of you musicians over the years, especially in the last couple of years. Hey, speaking about musicians, <laughs> you remember that song that... uh. The Beatles sang. What was that song the Beatles sang? It's a simple question, Jerry Polly. 
What are, song? Are you talking about the John Lennon song, Imagine? No. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> hey, remember that line? Imagine there's no heaven. Yeah. There is. <laughs> he don't sing it anymore. <laughs> Has his hands deep in his pockets, all sad. All questions are answered. Next. What about Malcolm Young? Is he... You seen him yet? He Haven't just, seen him. I think he's on the highway to hell. That would that would probably make sense. So I, we're going to end with this, Harry, because you were the Cubs announcer for like 40 years. They finally won the World Series. Were you ecstatic even in heaven? I wasn't ecstatic. I was high as all bejeebies. I was tripping shrooms with Jim Morrison and Amy Winehouse. Well, I used to think that the World Series and a mama bear on the pill were the same. No Cubs. <laughs> well, you got any parting shots for the audience out here, Harry? Hey, I just want to tell you, Larry Polly, I love your show. Hillbilly Horror Stories. When I think of Hillbilly Horror Story, I think of a 14-year-old girl that can outrun her brothers. That sounds fantastic. I'm sure people will be proud of that. Harry, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll hear you in the future. Hey, great to be here. Can't wait to come back. What's that you're drinking right there? I'm drinking an ice cold Budweiser. Nice. Do they have hot dogs up in heaven, just out of curiosity? No, I'm glad you asked. They do. And the crazy thing about it, you can make anything a hot dog. Hey, I wonder if I was a hot dog if I'd eat myself. Would you eat yourself if you were a hot dog, Jerry Pollock? I don't think I would. Wise choice, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. We appreciate it. Have a good Thanksgiving up in heaven. Hey, great to be here. Thank you. So what do you think? you think it was funny? Yeah, I think I was. I think it was... Uh... He's got a pretty good, strong voice for being dead for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. um, guys, we just want to thank you so much for listening. It is over the Thanksgiving holiday, and I know we did a lot of this last week, but, you know, we still got a lot to be thankful for. Thank you so much for all of you guys. Thank you for being Patreon supporters, those of you that are. Thank you for those of you who write iTunes reviews, and thank you for all of you who spread the word. Like I said, the, the greatest thing you can do for us right now is get one friend listening. It helps us so much. And uh, we want to do this full time. I swear we do. And when we do, eventually get there. That'd be a lot of good things for you guys because we'll probably just start, you know, maybe doing two shows a week. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll definitely be able to add some stuff that we don't do now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to gain from it. I can promise you that. Uh, just. Hey, do what you can to spread the word. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We appreciate y'all and love you so much. And thanks for supporting us. It visit, means a lot to us. Visit for our sure. store and buy T-shirts for Christmas. That's what people want. They <laughs> they might give you a Christmas list that says like um, a trip to Paris. Yeah. Or maybe a uh, Mercedes Benz. What they really want is a Hibbley Horror shirt. True that. That's what it is. True that. So, you know, don't count on people to know what they really want. They don't know it till they get it. <laughs> Yeah, sure, the Mercedes looks good with the nice bow on it. Mm-hmm. But trust me, you got to keep putting gas in it. Oh, yeah. you got to get an oil change. You ever get an oil change on a Mercedes? It's like 100 bucks. You can't go to, like, Ken Towers and get one for 20 bucks. It's like 100 bucks to do that. And maintenance, it's, like, crazy on them. So you buy one of our T-shirts, I guarantee you'll never have to do maintenance on them. And you'll never have to put gas in it. I oh, promise you that. Let's hope not, because that would just be weird. But anyway, we love you guys. And once again, if you got T-shirts and stuff like that from us, get us a picture of it. We love to see you guys wearing our stuff. It means a lot to us. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week, guys. Love ya. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. <laughs>